Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pretty Unlimited Podcast, starring the both of us. What's up, yo? <laughs> um, I try to like, I feel like sometimes when we when we start recording, I try to do the welcome to the Pretty Unlimited and try to set you up so you're like, hey, and you're always like, hey. You should, <laughs> you should let me know. You never tell me when you No, I want, I want to, because I don't want to like, uh, I don't want to be the director. <laughs> What do you want? But you, <laughs> you don't want to be the I director. I wait for it. No, I, I like try to set you up and see if it'll, if it'll flow the way I'm doing it. And, but we're so polar opposite. Uh, we really are. It still sounds like you're trying to be the director. No, cause, uh, I don't, I want you to do what you want to do. But you're expecting it to be. No, no. It's like I keep doing it. I'm only mentioning we're like, what, 51 episodes or 52 episodes or whatever it is. Something like that. And I've done it many times. and I've never said what I'm saying right now. Why not? Just because I wanted, you know, but it was a year of let's see if I can do it a certain way. And he'll boom. He'll follow. He'll follow if, you know, if I'm leading. But we both lead in this relationship. So. <laughs> Still low key sounds like some, <laughs> some direction. I am not. I promise. No, I mean it's it is what it is. I'm not tripping. It's just it's funny. Are you? <laughs> what? I wanted to talk. No, I know. It's just it's it's a lot of it's a lot of moving going on. You can hear it moving. I can always hear it moving. Okay, let me set it back down. No, I'm saying it's okay. just it's, it's if you're if you're moving it, I can hear it moving. Okay. I was I was oh. just waiting to see if you sounds were. like you're directing. I'm not directing at all. <laughs> I was letting you. You'll hear. You play it back. You'll hear. Be the, the director's cut. <laughs> nah, we'd have to cut all that out. Nah, you, you. I mean, you'll just hear it. I was just. I didn't know what you were. Can you hear that? I can hear anything. I can hear the fan. Can you hear this? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was just my fingers moving. I don't know. These are microphones. Okay, let me turn off the fan. Doesn't make a difference. There's uh, the other fans are on. It's not that's and but that doesn't sound as crazy okay. at all. I'll leave it off. It, it's not going to make a different sound once either way is what I'm saying. Like <laughs> okay. if, you, if you wanted to keep it on, you could. So we're not allowed to, to play any of these things, right? That we're going to be talking about? I think it would be risky if we did. <sighs> That's the only part about doing this that sucks. Hey, I mean, if, if we want to try and like get with a, a Pandora or a Spotify or somebody that's going to allow us to license or be able to use songs... Without, we have to pay for that. Um, I don't know if it's a lot. It, it it depends on the deal. I think like if you because I know some people have went to Spotify, and like under like whatever podcasting laws they're allowed to play snippets of music. Mm-hmm. I know. Let's look into it. I mean, we could look into it. It's probably they're either going to say they'll probably say no, but. Well, I mean, or I don't, ignore our application or whatever it is. We could try, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the situation. I mean, we're on Spotify, but I don't think it's not like it's a deal like that where, yeah, you're allowed. That's a whole. It's not even like going to the podcast publisher. It's like deals with whatever record label that licensing own, that own it, yeah, consortium. Okay. But we're we're speaking of this week's topic, the best duets from the seventies. Which is an interesting caveat because I, th- I feel like we both had issues. Yeah. What was your issues with coming up with your top five okay, duets so from the 70s? There was actually a bunch of duets that I could have used, but we made the decision no groups or bands. That mm-hmm. like if you, so we could not, like the biggest one would have been like Peaches and Herb, but they are a duo or group. That's what they normally were. Yeah, we wanted more of a duet, as in a uh, what's the word? It begins with a C. What's the word I'm thinking of? Collaboration. A collaboration. I do have Peaches and Herb on my list, though. But they're a group. You said no groups. Yeah, I know. But the problem is, that's why I said I had problem issues with because I don't. There's like, I looked at all the lists of duets in the seventies. I don't like most of the duets in the 70s. I have six, and none of them are compilation. Or, uh, not, uh, 
collaborations. collaborations. I don't know why. I had, us, let's take this shot because I haven't even had the shot yet, I and had, I can't talk. I have five, and one of them is, is peaches and herb. Ugh. I could, it better I, be number one because that's the best one ever. No, it's definitely not number one. Okay. Cheers. Like I said, shouts out to Jack Daniels. But, yeah, I think we both had issues. Good thing we just had dinner. This is, uh, the 70s is definitely more your lane than mine. So it was not easy coming up with uh, five duets that I loved from the 70s. <coughs> um, I have six on my list. The sixth one is just very catchy to me. It's not necessarily a song I love. What's your six? What's your number six? Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Elton John. Mm. And Kiki D. I have that one on my list. That's my number five. Um, there was a thing about that song too. What did I see? I don't know. <coughs> it was like a funny story or something. Yeah, or? there was something about. It was a. I don't know if it was a joke or something. Mm. It I don't know what the hell this word past pastiche. Pastiche. <coughs> pastiche. <coughs> says don't go breaking my heart. It's a 1976 duet by Elton John and Kiki D. It was written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin under the pseudonyms Ann Orson and Cart Blanche, mm-hmm. respectively, and intended as an affectionate. What's that word? Pastiche. Pastiche of the Motown style, notably the various duets recorded by Marvin Gaye and singers such as Tammy Terrell and Kim Weston. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like. It was supposed to be like a flip of yeah. the old Motown. And they stuff didn't expect it to, be. to become a hit, but it, it did. It's a catchy song. Like mm-hmm. I said, I three of the five on my list were pretty solid. And when I was going over, like, just looking at duets from the 70s, that's the one that the chorus, like, stuck out to. It's, like, it's such a catchy song. It is it's a very such catchy a memorable song. song. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I, I, I don't love this song. We're in that same boat together. But I think, if I'm being real with myself, like, I like it more than some of the other duets from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the bigger ones, too, so... Okay, so my number five uh-huh. is You Don't Have to Be a Star. That's my number four. <laughs> <laughs> With Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. That's a, I, you know, I grew up in the 70s, uh-huh. so. That's a beautiful song. It is. It's a really nice song. Marilyn McCoo is totally an underrated singer. That's also a dope way to like, that's a dope line. You don't have to be a star to be in my show. To mm-hmm. mean, like, you know, you don't have to be, like, the number one, like, most perfect person to be yeah. in my life. Like, that's such a dope way of putting that. Mm-hmm. I wish people these days would write songs like that and not just, like, really weak metaphors for love. But I guess it's been, music's been around for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and people are so stupid these days. And my but. introduction to Marilyn McCoo was when she was a co-host for Solid Gold. Okay, because I didn't know who the hell a Marilyn McCoo is or Billy Davis Jr. I just knew the song. Um, I think you might know some other Marilyn McCoo songs. We're going to end up having the same list, watch. Uh, well, Peaches and Herb is not on mine. Well, it would be. I'm amazed that you have six songs that aren't Peaches and Herbs that are the top duet of the <laughs> 70s. Uh, you said no, not to, not to put... Any. There is a caveat with Peaches and Herb, though. Because while it's the same guy, I think this might have been like the third Peaches. Yeah, it's kind of like how Atlantic Star. She wasn't the, you know, the, the voice we're used to. She was like... I, I, feel, I literally think she was like the third woman who was the Peaches and, of the group. And uh, Marilyn McCoo is a Jersey girl. Where in Jersey? Jersey City. Oh, okay. Shouts out Jersey City. So she was married to singer Billy Davis Jr. And oh. he was founder and co-member of the Fifth Dimension. I've heard of them. 
she has a four octave vocal range also. But she ain't singing like that in that song, right? No. No. It seems pretty standard. No, but she was always somebody who I really, you know, she was somebody I I paid attention to. Somebody who's, you know, I was up on the next album kind of thing. She had other singles? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we'll listen to them after. But I'm I'm, I'm curious. Were like were they songs bigger than this? Uh, I think this might have been the biggest one. Okay. Did they uh, did they work see. together anymore after this? Yeah, they had a bunch of songs together. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. She was in Miss Bronze, California. Uh, she's Miss Bronze. She, Calif- o- she used to open for Ray Charles. Is Miss Bronze California just another way of saying? As a beauty pageant. But is bronze like another way of saying black? I don't know. That's a good question. Because that uh, sounds she, a little racist. She enrolled in UCLA and earned a business administration degree. As well, she opened for Ray Charles. She had a band called The Friends of Distinction. That's where she met Billy Davis. Defunct of distinction? The Friends. Oh. The Friends of Distinction? Mm-hmm. That's weird. She got a Grammy. For this song? Nope. For... Was it... Uh, for Up, Up, and Away. Uh-huh. That yeah, was a single? A bunch, yeah, she's got... Um, one Less Bell to Answer... I didn't get to sleep at all. If I could reach you, these were all top hits. I don't. I. I I'd have to hear them. I'm not saying I'm not uh, heard them before. You don't have to be a star. Was a hit, reaching number one. Yeah, she had a bunch of stuff. This song saving was saving all my love for you, which was later sung by Whitney Houston. I mean, actually, and I remember uh, when I liked the when Whitney's version came out. And I was like, and I said something about, oh, she covered yeah. Marilyn McCoo's song. And people were like, what? They didn't know. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, that's a dope footnote. But I imagine, like, I'd be surprised if people, like, went to hear Sa- Sa- Saving All My Love and went to the Marilyn McCoo original. And that's yeah. not a diss. I just, I, I think Whitney yeah. just took that and made it a thing. And she did a bunch of movies. Yeah, she was just somebody. Um, she was an actress? Yeah. Oh. She well, did uh, It Takes a Thief, The Love Boat, Solid Gold. She was the host from mm-hmm. 81 to 88. Word. The Fantastic World of D.C. Collins, New Love, American Style. Remember that old show? No. Okay. Um, the Fall Guy, Days of Our Lives. She was on one episode of Punky Brewster, your fave. <laughs> I don't remember the episode. Um, Night Court. Night Court, classic television. Women of the House, The Jamie Foxx Show. She did two episodes. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know what she looked like. That's her. That's recent, though, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was 96. That's as recent as you're going to get for uh, somebody who's... I'd need to see. Uh, she's 75 years old, so... I'll look into her for, like, pictures from the 80s. Yeah, you should look her up. I think she's uh, she's definitely got a voice I think you'd like. No, definitely. I, I can hear that, mm-hmm. I'm, especially if she's... if. Okay, so your number five is... Don't go breaking my heart. Don't my, go breaking my heart. And my number four was you don't have to be a star. All right. So we'll let you go next. What's your number? Well, number Wait a minute. Hold up. So I'm on number four. Yes. That's why you might need to go next. Okay. <laughs> so my number four is Hit the Road Jack. That is not on my list. Ray Charles and Margie Hendricks. That was in the 70s? That was in the 70s. Wow. That's you a, missed one. Would you have put that on your list? Probably. Yeah, that's a like a dope ass song. I love that song. That were, that probably would have been my number four. See, if I had thought about it. Yeah, so that's um, let's see, hit the road, Jack. What year did it talk did about, come out? Talk about a catchy ass song. I know, right? And like, and there is nothing, you know, that a woman likes to do more than to sing that song to her ex boyfriend. You know, like mm. hit the road, Jack. <laughs> like what, as as he's packing his shit. Yes. You need to have that in the Tyrone song. Boy, he was singing as the guy who was being kicked out, though, right? Yeah. Like, he was trying to stay in. Let's see. Hit the road, Jack. Because the original, because you know that he's not the original. Of Ray course, Charles' yeah. version wasn't the original. Yeah. 
What you say? Let's see. Hit the road, Jack. Oh, I'm wrong. What you mean? It came up in the list for 70s, and then... What year did it come out? 61. I first heard it in 1980, so I think it's all right. First recorded, <laughs> Percy Mayfield. That was Let me his go song. to Ray Charles. Hold on. What you say? Hit the road, let's Jack. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Like we said. Okay, so I, maybe my my list of six is really five. <laughs> like we said, making these lists is not easy. No, and it's hard <laughs> when, um, you know, it's um, re-recorded, re-released, yeah. and you know, I Cover think that's what I saw. I think I'm mistaken. I think it was like re-released. Mm. Charles recording, uh, Ray Charles recording hit number one for two weeks. Beginning on Monday, October 9th, right near your birthday, 1961. Mm-hmm. It won a Grammy. Uh, it's number 387 on the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time for Rolling Stone. Uh-huh. I don't know where. Ah, okay. Here's where I screwed up. Canadian band Stan Peters released a version of the song featuring DJ Wolfman Jack, who I remember as a kid, uh, in 1976. So that's where why it came up. I probably it was probably not listing it by Ray Charles, but I think in my head when I saw Hit the Road Jack, I'm affiliating sense. it with Ray Charles, no, not that that Stan makes, Peters. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so my screw up. Okay, so my list is five. Because <laughs> who knows who the Stan Peters are? Oh no, I gotta. It's off my list now. Okay. I just deleted it. All right, what's your number three? My number three, The Closer I Get to You. Oh, awesome song. By Refer- Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. My introduction. I already knew who Roberta Flack was, mm-hmm. but that was my introduction to Donny Hathaway. See, I... Who's I, fav- my favorite song by him is This Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've always, I think I first heard This Christmas and then started hearing other things that he did and his voice was just as huge. He's a, he's a really good singer. Was. Was. But, uh, no, yeah. That's just like peak old school slow oh, jam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet that's like sweet. If you're gonna have like uh, romantic music playing in the background as you're like having a dinner for two, that's yes. gotta be in, in your playlist. Did did uh, I remember Tisha Campbell singing it on Martin, but that wasn't with, with Martin. With uh, Keith Washington. It was with Keith Washington. They, she sung that at the party. Yeah, at uh, Pam's house. What a weird song to sing. And Martin thought that they smashed. Yeah, that they smashed. Well, and Gina never said they. No, they did because remember he asked who was better, and she said you're the best. But did did but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's saying he hit. I think. I think the interpretation was he hit it. During the church choir? It is. Well, yeah, why not? They sin it. What do you mean, why not? can do it. I mean. I mean, yeah, but Jesus. The whole congregation shouldn't, you shouldn't be following in the Keith priest Washington like that. Washington could sing his ass off. He was weird looking, though. He was almost too clean cut. It was like, yeah. it's kind of that... Um, That pretty boy, yeah, thing, and I was never like that's just too much upkeep. <laughs> the the original man with sensitivity. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a Roberta Flack man. You don't hear too much about her. It's like she had huge songs, and then like I don't hear people referencing Roberta Flack at all. No, the last one I can remember somebody referencing her is probably Lauren Hill. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. I could see Lauren. Their being, voices have that same yeah, kind of. Yeah, I was gonna say that, yeah. that that feels like a direct influence for. Uh, oh yeah. For the yeah. way Lauren Roberta sings. Roberta Flack um, is probably not going to be well known when, or as well. I think she's very well known, but I think in terms of the era that she came up with her career, yeah. when you got people like Aretha and Patti Labelle, 
belting it out. It's too and ma- they can hit those notes and, and stuff. It's you know, there's really good singers. Yeah. But some of them just they they don't they don't have that ability, and it's not knocking them because it doesn't take anything away from you being a good singer. No. But the focus is on the ones with the big notes. We gotta remember too. I think who was the chick that we were talking about? That member from um. They did that song. Tell me. Uh, Groove Theory. Group Groove Theory. Because we remember we looked it up about her and like she. Great singer. Yeah. But she couldn't. She'd come up with Celine and Whitney at the same time. Well, I was going to say. Like, I, I think it's. It might not even be necessarily that there's these people that are so superior. I think there's certain times when there are just such a saturated market. Oh yeah. Like in the 70s. That's true too. That's a, in that's the a good 70s, point. think of how all of the memorable just R&B. You got Donna women. Summer and yeah. Aretha and Patty and you just got all these amazing They're they're so good that Diana the, Ross, you got all these amazing women. So good that you only have to mention their first name. Yeah. And like Roberta Flack's got great songs, but I think she's just not she was big back then. Like, you knew exactly. If you said, everybody knew exactly who you were talking about. There was no. 100%. Like, if you said Diana, everybody knew it was Diana Ross. Yeah. You know, so in R- Roberta, 70s and 80s, she was it. But not enough to be like. But I don't think, um, I don't think sh- she was able to maintain the career the same way. Like, Patty has had herself out there, you know. Yeah. She's kept singing and she does concerts and talk shows and um making pies different world and you know stuff like that and patty ma- pies and, and making pies yeah um hey how come they don't have prune cobbler up in walmart you know because i don't think <laughs> i don't think old white with people wayne's face on the old old, old white people are not gonna buy prune cobbler with old a white people are the main ones eating prunes uh, but if it, it would have to be like I'm going to see if I could find a recipe for a prune cobbler and see if we make it. It'd have to be like, what's the lady that cooked with lard? What was that? that, that the hmm? race, Who was the racist lady that was the, the, the on the food? Paula note? Dean. It would have to be Paula Dean prune cobbler to fly off the shelves. Or, or even like Rachel Ray. But Rachel Ray's not old enough to be making no prune and cobbler. And Rachel Ray hates to bake. There She's you go. She said it many, many times. She's like, I hate baking. So you, it, the barefoot Contessa is not making prune cobbler no. hot in Walmart. No, you would need like a. You would need. What's her name? Who are you thinking of? Who I you, can picture her face. I can't. From what? She's a. She's a network. What's she look like? Italian. Oh, Giada. Giada. Giada De Laurentiis prune cobbler. I was I was thinking you need like a Patricia Heaton prune cobbler, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she cooks. I don't know if she's like known enough for cooking to. She's got a good couple. Her cookbooks have done very well. I know. You know what you need? You need a pioneer woman there prune cobbler. What's her name? Reed Drummond. You need a Reed Drummond prune cobbler. She's my fave. Does she sell food or she just sells like she's kitchen selling, supplies? Um, there are. I don't think I think the only food is stuff out of the the restaurant that they have in their town. Yeah. Oh gosh, they must be the like low key mayor and like you know. Like imagine the, how many people in the town probably really hate them. Well, shit. <laughs> if if you needed something to get past in the town, though, you just got to get redrumming to, <laughs> to say yeah, I fuck with that. They probably there's so much money generated in that town from that family. Oh yeah, yeah, and like and every day if you're on the Facebook or the Twitter or whatever or the email list, mm-hmm. they tell you when you can um when you can visit when you can visit the ranch mm-hmm. because where she films is separate from the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they'll tell you when um and what you have to do is you have to go to the restaurant mm-hmm. and uh you can get uh like a ticket from there. And that's when they'll give you directions to get to the that's some to the house. Shit. Isn't that's, it weird? That sounds like uh, yeah, it's weird. That's weird. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's a perfect way to do it. If you if you even if you're visiting the town and don't want to go to the ranch, the restaurant's probably the other place that like oh, her, yeah. her her den is the denizens of the mercantile. That's the name of that's, the yeah the restaurant. The mercantile. Mm-hmm. Now the, re- the we're on such a tangent. I'm sorry. 
The restaurant serves food that she makes on the show. The restaurant serves food. But it's not some of it are it's all coming from family recipes that are hers. Got you. And a lot of her recipes are like her mom's recipes, her mother in law's recipes. Mm -hmm. And so it's recipes that she's collected from within the family and made on her own and stuff. And but I and I give her credit because you don't hear a lot of people. Oh, I got this recipe from so and so. No, they're usually claiming oh these are here. Here's a recipe for blah, blah, blah. Without really saying where they got the recipe from. She's always no. This is my. My mother-in-law's recipe, or this is a recipe from my mother-in-law's maternal grandmother. You uh-huh. know, something. You know, it's always she tells you where the recipe's from, if if it's not hers. Or final question: She has how many daughters? Just the Two. one? Two. Mm-hmm. Does she expect the girls to follow in her so. footsteps? I don't think so. They're both off in college and moving out. Okay, let's wonder. Yeah. Because I know a lot of the, it seems like the boys are getting dirty. The boys on the are ranch. in the show more because they're younger. Well, she has one that's in college or no? The two girls are both in college. I'm saying any of the boys. No, though. the boys haven't gotten there yet. Got you. Okay. That makes sense. Huh? No, the boys, I think the last one's about done with high, the, the older boys about done with high school. Uh-huh. And Bryce is the little one. I think he's like just in going into high school, something like that. Got just you. like right around there. He's got to be about 15. Shouts out Reed Drummond. Oh my God, I know way too much about him. I, I, it's funny. I it's love the show though. Um, we're on your third. My third is you're the one that I want, John Travolta and Olivia Newton John. I, I kept seeing that. I can't. I'm not. <laughs> you're not a Grease fan. So. Yeah, when you mentioned earlier that we're polar opposites, that's like one of I. I never liked Grease. Yeah, and I love it. I had a chemistry teacher who I don't remember her name. I remember two things about my chemistry class. One, there was this girl in my class who, around I guess it was junior year, she used to show up to, to chemistry class with a bottle of water with vodka in it. And I'm like, damn. The girl or the teacher? The girl, not the teacher. The teacher was... How fucked up were her parents? I don't know. How about as fucked up as her? I don't know. But um, I remember that. And I remember whenever we had nothing to do, she would the teacher would play Greece in the class. I feel I, like I know every word to the entire movie. I can't do every it. word to every song. I get it. Uh, a matter of fact, the girls love it too. Jaden, it takes right after you because Jaden was like, "Nope," and walked I'm, out the room. I'm just, I just never been. A he f- liked it when he was little, little, and then when he got old enough, like around, I want to say around five or six, he was like, "No." Yeah, it was it was too corny for him. It's. I'm not the big... I, See, I didn't say all that. I mean, that's probably what he <laughs> felt. And what's corny for some people isn't corny for other people. <laughs> um, I mean, I imagine a kid watching something that takes place in, what, the 50s? Mm-hmm. And a bunch of guys and girls. That's a, it's a long-running show, well, though. That's what like I was going to say. Long. I remember in my high school, when I was doing video stuff, I had to, I had to record two nights of our school's performance of... Greece. <laughs> Matter of fact, Mimi, Michelle, who's friends with you on Facebook, she was the what you call it? I but the what who was what was the chick? She's too out there. No, no. What was the, the chick that danced at the at the the Cha Cha Geek? She was she was she was Cha Cha in the Greece performance. I remember that. Cha Cha is one of the the. It's not a big role, but it's a it's a super fun role. It's it's a big moment. It is. I, th- I think for her for her performance in the movie and in the stage play. Maybe he's a good dancer. She could dance. Yeah, I mean she she was a good enough dancer to do. That's great. That, um, but yeah, I never got into Grease being the word <laughs> or anything. That's a fire song, but I I and I get the you're the one that I want. How about hopelessly devoted? That's a good moment. It's a good song. It's a good. It's a. It's a. It's a very powerful moment. And I, my my favorite one though is the one, um, Stalker Channing. Yeah. Well, that that's, that's the one. That's I like. the one. Oh my god! And I cry every time when I'm watching. Not when I hear the song, yeah. but when I'm watching the movie and the whole. You know, they, it starts off with uh, girls walking past her talking shit about her, and yeah. you're like, "That's the one." What's that song called? Um. 
I'm trying to get to the chorus. Hold on. Um, it's something fire. Whatever it's titled, it's something fire. Oh, my God. I can't. Now, see? I, like, it won't pop in my head. Because you got hopelessly devoted Freeze. playing it. Yeah, I do. Stockard. Song. Hopelessly devoted to you. Uh, there are worse things I could do. Yes, yes, that's that's the yeah. best song in that fucking. It movie. is. It is absolutely the best song in that movie. It's the one like her whole story is just in there. No, nah, yeah, that's the best. She's the best character in the movie. That's the best oh, song in the movie. She is absolutely because Sandy would annoy me. Sandy was trash. Sandy would annoy me. I did like uh, D- who Didi Khan. Didi, she's who's that? She's the one with the high voice. Um, um, I have to see what she looked like. Let's see. She's not the hairdresser one, is she? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're With talking the pink about. pink hair. Was her hair pink? I thought she was a redhead. You said Didi Khan. I was thinking of Diddy Kong from the game. With the pink hair. But it was it was pink in that one scene, though, right? Yeah. Okay. And then she had blonde and... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember that, that one scene it being... <laughs> and that was her real name, Dee Dee Khan. Yes. I would... Gun to my head, I would not have remembered that at all. Yeah, I remember her as the redhead. The one all the way on the left. Yeah. <laughs> looking like a, a grown-ass Annie. <laughs> yeah, she and I just liked her voice. Okay, so what's your number... Hold up, what number are we on? Number two. Number two is probably disqualified, though, but it would be reunited by Peaches and Herb. Okay. So, that would have been my number one. Yes. Had I known that you were cheating, I would have cheated along with you. Was I cheating? Miss, yes. I have six on my list. Well, no, because I had to remove one. <laughs> again, <laughs> so again, like I said earlier, this can was... Can we do another shot? We can do another shot. This was a difficult list to put together. It really was. <laughs> I think because it's just, so many of them were groups and do like duos and stuff. And I was like, "What the hell?" Thank God you had the bottle, yeah. the lid on the bottle just now. I also just think it's the year. I think. Yeah, there. I think there wasn't as many duets in the '70s as I like really thought that there were. At least not in the genres of music that I like. No, and I actually did go through country music and stuff, trying to find more, and because um. I mean, you're aware, you know, I, I listen to, I don't listen to as much country, but I do listen to country music. I listen to no country. Um, you know, so I, I went through like my Kenny Rogers lists and uh, Roy Clark and uh, Willie Nelson. And there really wasn't any like no. duets from the I tried country uh, singers that I like Dolly Parton. There was a couple without, but nothing that was like going to be in a top five for me. I think the mo a lot of the Motown stuff. I guess that's from the sixties. Yep, late sixties. That was a great duet that a, time. That, yes, that sixty five to like sixty nine was like the eighties. I think have a number of great duets. I, I the 70s were solid but I don't think the 70s were really that No, it wasn't that. a duet moment. It wasn't a, a decade for duets. No. So But okay, yeah. So Re- with, reunited, reunited and it feels so good. And everybody, you can go out and play that song right now and people will still know reunited that song and it's understood. People will know that song. I did not know there was more than one peach. Yeah, I when I was looking. Yeah, there was a fucking bushel. What every, the hell? Every <laughs> facts. Every. Uh, stop and take the shot. We should just leave these glasses up here. We could. Every site I was looking at duets. That was the first thing they would mention. They'd be like, "Oh well, technically the third peach, or technically the fourth peach, or whatever." The, I think the um. And. Purely in my opinion. I think that song for duets it is probably the epitome of the 70s. Yeah. Whole scene. You know. Hey. It, incorpor- it was pop. It was R&B. Yeah. It was disco. It kind of uh, covered the three. If we 
And you know me, I'm a huge disco freak. I love disco music. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld loves disco people, music. People, I have had people like, you still listen to disco now? I'm like, if you don't like anything by Donna Summer or the Bee Gees, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. You are an all-out well, fucking liar. And if you have never done YMCA, I'm calling you out on your bullshit. But you, you know what it is, is disco... <laughs> Disco was such a dirty word. I'm throwing the microphone all over the all over the room right now. There's there's not too many genres of music where people turned up at a baseball arena yeah. to like throw twelve inches and burn them. I just don't understand up. why they even did that. It was just stupid. I I'm not as big of a disco fan. I I appreciate disco, especially for what it did as a genre. Like without disco, there wouldn't be like EDM. Ba- like there wouldn't be like yeah. d- DJs. There wouldn't that be was the... longer forms. Like like people mm-hmm. were making extended versions of songs for the disco for people and, to play. And I'm gonna say, and that for me was when like the 12 inch mm-hmm. version started coming out. You know, so that was like big that you could you know because prior to that, and we've talked about this before, yeah. where uh, decades ago songs were much shorter. You yeah. know, they were like two minutes and change if anything you would get a single that was like four minutes and get a radio edit that's like 3 30 or something yeah yeah so but disco changes so you could dance to like third for 20 minutes to one song Mm -hmm. and and keep your groove going you know so that and people don't really do that now i also i also think disco did disco probably got very oversaturated i think people didn't like disco because it was it was also um uh well known that it uh gay people really it's probably, accepted I mean, that's probably disco. A big so part I always felt like that was part of the backlash it's, against disco. It's I think anything but it's funny because it, it's and I I've noticed it, I am feeling so nice right now with that second shot. I've noticed it more with EDM. Like anytime I see a scandal where a white European DJ is have has like homophobic things to say about people it's like you're prospering in a genre that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for yes gay black guys mm-hmm. like you know you, you 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 can't have a you shouldn't be racist or homophobic if Period. you're going to try and be working in the house music genre just doesn't make you you no. literally don't understand the roots of it at all no i'm doing like a um Sorry, Reggie, about to put your business out there. Uh-uh. Um, so I am. I was talking with uh, Kayam's husband, Reggie, mm-hmm. and you know we're we're doing something for. Um, I'm I'm pulling together a contest of sorts for Jaden's birthday party, mm-hmm. and I asked everybody for their favorite upbeat dance type of song, uh-huh. and he told me, "Hold up, where is it?" That um, it will definitely be some Jersey house music. Let me find the name of the song. I'll get back to you. Oh, so he hasn't found it yet, though? No, that was like two days ago. So. That makes sense, though. But, um, you know, so he's definitely a person who uh, is is not going to have an appreciation for gay people. <laughs> okay, how about that? But, um... House music is is his thing. I, I know that's something he really listens to. So you know, shows you the music can, you know, the love of music can overcome. It can trans any hate you think you might have in your heart. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, because there are some fucking idiots out there. Mm-hmm. But, oh, for sure. But you know, all right, what's your number? Well, I just did my number two. Your number two. Okay, my number two. Too much, too little, too late. Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams. I know that song. I, I I didn't know it enough to put it on my list. That's an amazing song. I'd have to listen to it. Okay, so I'm going to fuck us up. Oh, here she go. All <laughs> right. If, if this is the last episode you hear. <laughs> Please enjoy this song. If this is the last episode you hear, it's been a, a wild ride. It's been damn near a year. <laughs> At this point, it's probably been a year. Wow. Let's see. No reason to pretend we knew 
So if I can get to it, of course. Here it comes. She's got a good voice. What else has she sung? Denise Williams? Yeah. What's the song I'm thinking of? Hmm? There's a specific song of hers that I'm thinking of. Uh, let's hear it for the boy. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Denise Williams. There's a, there's she's, a certain, she's got a ton of songs. There's a certain thing with her voice. Yeah. She, it's. It reminds me of... Um, what's the girl that... Um, Deborah Law. Uh. Okay, let's see. Denise Williams songs. Uh, uh, it's going to take a miracle. Yeah. I believe in you. Do you hear what I say? We sing praises. This is my song because she also does gospel. No, I, I think it's definitely it's gonna take. It's gonna take a miracle. Let's hear it for the boy. It was a huge song. That was in um. Everything. Huh. Everything. Click that, on. No. Click on it. Click on it. Because I feel like that was in a couple of movies. It wasn't the one I'm thinking of is uh, Footloose. Footloose. Yeah, but I want. I, I feel like it was in another movie. I feel like we just had this conversation the other day. Was that the only movie it was in? Mm. It, in 2017, it was covered by UK High NRG. No. Dance artist Alan J. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Mm, it doesn't say it was in any, any other movies. At least like not notably. I mean... I would hope it would be notable. If it so, was. um, but yeah, so that that's my number two, because I'm a huge Johnny Mathis fan and a Denise Williams fan. Is Love the song. Is Johnny, it's a great song. Is Johnny Mathis your favorite Christmas singer? Mm, he had a whole... I don't think I have a favorite Christmas singer. He, he's the only one I saw with a red eight track for his Christmas album. I had so many eight tracks in my house. Did I ever tell you that my stepdad had porn on 8-track? That's not surprising. <laughs> you could only listen to to them. doing. You'd listen to the story. <laughs> I've, I've seen like porn 12 inches. <laughs> my first, the, the first album that um, my stepdad let me have was Sanford and Son. Uh-huh. An album of Sanford and Son. I mean, I think a lot of... It was like episodes. I really couldn't tell you at this point. I don't remember. I had to be about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So I really don't remember. I was like 40 years. Oh Cause that's God, that was 40 years ago. Holy shit. That was 40 years ago. I mean, yeah. Fuck. You're, ta- you're talking oh about God. eight tracks in vinyl. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. But the, the 40 years in my head is just like, holy shit. <laughs> you, that you, just. Okay, that just thunderstruck me. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you are alive. I think, um, well, because I think a lot of people, it's it's foreign for people to think of, like, non-music in recorded media. Yeah, and... Like, the, a podcast is one thing, but, like, sell, like selling a comedy album, even when, yeah, like... we had we had Richard Pryor on albums. Like, I don't know anybody who owned... Sanford Ed, and Son. I don't know people who owned, like, Eddie Murphy. Flip Wilson. Like, Red, yeah, Red Sanford, Moms Mabley, you know, a lot of those comedians. Mm-hmm. We had them. We had, we had them on albums. Chris Rock put out... I, I bought two Chris Rock albums, but even then, it was like, like, the... the the album for the Bring the Pain special was literally like stuff from the HBO special, but it was also like he would have like skits in there and like there were like recreations of hip hop songs, things like that. Because he, he, that Champagne song was big, but it was on a comedy album that was before his Bigger and Blacker special. 
But even like Dane Cook was really big with albums, but I don't think a lot of comedians put out albums anymore. Like you just hear a lot of non-recorded music on digital media. It's rare. Yep, that's the one I have. What? What does that say? Sanford and Son. What's what's it called? The original NBC TV show vinyl comedy record. What the fuck does that mean? Is there a description? Let's see. Like, what does RCA putting out a Sanford and Son record mean? I would say scroll down. See if there's any description lower. Or is this just reviews? Mm -hmm. Hold on. Hold (laughs) on, please. Yeah, it says from the original NBC TV show featuring Red Fox and Demon Wilson. Demon Wilson. It's you don't remember what it sounded like. It was. It just sounded like episodes of the show with no, with nothing to watch. Yeah, this is literally. It's like, like what the cigarettes on the Sanford and Son. Out like is babe. They got them in, in the pop things. Look. That's amazing. There's a lot of black pops out there. A lot of black <laughs> pop culture pops. Yeah, you could get the Sanford and Son theme and then I guess just snippets of an es- episode. Fred's birthday is six minutes and six seconds long. <laughs> I hope it's not like... Welcome to my life. <laughs> Back in the 70s. Physical comedy. Like at some point, some like... No, I, I'm pretty sure from the the bits I can remember a little bit. I'm pretty sure it was just episodes. That's weird. Was it episodes you'd seen before? That's all, that's that, the, I don't remember. That's the stuff that that intrigues me. It's like, was it was this of like the most popular episode? Like, was it so popular that they had to put it on <laughs> vinyl, or were they just testing the water? Like, yo, black people love this theme song. Let's drop a whole vinyl with that plus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> audio only of a tv show yeah we had a few of those that's interesting i'm not up on that i don't even i don't remember how we got on that tangent i don't remember i don't i'm gonna get a headache if i try to figure that oh it was it was it was the johnny mathis eight track yes porn on eight track porn vinyl top five 70 duets and tangents and tangents uh my number one this surprised me it's another Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway song. Mm-hmm. Where is the love? It's a good song. It's a depressing song. It is. When you list, actually listen to the, it sounds sweet and Ooh, beautiful. We should do a top five most depressing songs. Or, but like deceptively depressing because this is still like a upbeat song, but it's them both being like, "Yo, what, what the fuck?" Yeah, the Eagles have a song, "Best of My Love." Oh my God, it's so. Uh-huh. If you really listen to it, it's th- they're breaking up. Yeah, it's like we we let the we let it get to us. We let outside stuff get to us, and mm-hmm. that's how that song is. You know, like they they're just kind of acknowledging they're not going to make it. Yeah, and when when I sat and thought about the lyrics, I was reading the lyrics. I'm like, God damn, I lyrics are so different when you read them. Yeah. As opposed to the music, because the but, music has an influence but over I, the. But over I think e- even for like lyrically, where where is the love is, you would expect it to be like a celebration. Not even what well, the music it sounds like a celebration. Yeah. The lyrics sound like it should be much like a slower song, like mm-hmm. people going like it should be at the tempo of a uh, fire and desire or something like yeah. that. But this is like, you know, I'm snapping my fingers and, and they're sounding uplifting, but like they're like, we about to break up. Okay, so one of my, one of the guys I work with uh-huh. asked me who Tina Marie was. Oh boy. And I went to put it up on, pull up on YouTube so they could see what she looked like yeah. and see her sing. Uh-huh. And I don't know what made me do it because it was the wrong video to play to have somebody to be like, this is Tina Marie and this is why I love her. Or it was the BET Awards when her and, and, and Rick James 
came out and yeah. both looked horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good. Cocaine is and a people in the trail. audience were like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh-huh. You know, and it was just, n- it was not a good. That's gonna keep happening. You know, it's gonna get worse because the drugs and they're are both getting gone, worse. You know, yeah. But um, uh, I was like, I try, I back. I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 don't let that be, don't let that be your <laughs> introduction. You know, but yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, no, no. I mean, that's. I think that's it's. It's a better song than I think. Um, Closer I get to you is, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like a down note in terms. I'm gonna of, have to go back and listen because I can't. I got all these other songs playing in my head now, and I can't. Yeah, I can't think of it. Like you would like. It's not even. So like, I'm just gonna say. Uh, the closer I get to you is my number one. So we both have Roberta Flack. I was and Donny Hathaway is number one. I was just. I had to double check to make sure. I'm like, yeah, damn. They both had like. Not even like two of my favorite duets of this, like two of my favorite songs from the seventies. When I really think about stuff that I know and appreciate, it's probably from the two of them. And I, I don't know. It's I'd hear a lot of that stuff on like the AS, mm-hmm. not knowing who was singing what. But you, they play the same song so often. Yep. On DAS, or, or I guess I just was it. My mom played DAS so often that like I know the songs. And those are the two that stick out for me as much, but uh, as most. But um, yeah, Roberta Flack had she had quite a few really good songs, and um, I mean the Fugees fucking copied her, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, somebody remaking a song where like people mm-hmm. are gonna remember. I remember though a concert of um, Lauren Hill, and she brought Roberta Flack out. Had to 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 sing the song. Yeah, you can't not do that. And. I remember years ago, I don't know if the video is still up or not, of that, of that, a clip of that. Mm-hmm. And people in the audience, or people in the comments, not knowing that of it course. was, you know, that it was a, that who was Roberta Flack person. was, mm-hmm. or that this was a, you know, a remake of a, of a, of a song. Mm-hmm. And um, it always makes me laugh, because they're like, yeah, Lauren's, Lauren's version is so much better. Da, 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 da. I'm like, even Lauren doesn't think her version is better. Her version ain't that much different. Like, literally, what's, no. the difference is they took. Like, you're not doing a remake of a song you think is shit. But it's it's like, it's it's not like, it's not, it's not even like they're doing a totally like different version of the song. No, they kept it, you know, fairly it's, close to, they, the, to they, the original. They added like some hip hop drums to it. You got Wyclef saying one time, two time, and the like the Fuji's had a, a really good sound though. Well, shout, they were smart. Yeah, one of my favorite. If you if you if you want to know why I like the Fuji's, it should be on YouTube. Go on YouTube, find the Fuji's. Fuck, it was at Showtime at the Apollo. I forget what song they were playing. Just just search Fuji Showtime at the Apollo. They. Start doing one song. And you know the Apollo. The Apollo is like a, that's one of the hardest crowds. Oh my gosh, they are notorious. And this was the Fuji's when the score was out. I think they had already done one. I had this on tape. I think they already did one performance. And while they were doing the song, and I'm, a, I'm thinking of it now, I think it was all like you know this is part of their performance. But like Wyclef's like, yo, stop playing. Like these people aren't getting live enough. Da 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 da. So they had, he was like, yo, Lauren, kick a verse. So she just starts freestyling. And then the band start, they're playing. Said, there's something here that said, there's one that says, Fuji's Murder the Apollo. It's probably live. that one. It's probably. How many mics? Hip hop. Wow. No, how it, many mics freestyle? It was how many mics. Because they started playing, they did like a minute of how many mics and they stopped it. Lauren freestyles. The because they had, heads. they had the band going crazy because the band the band was going from hip hop to playing uh they was playing dance hall they were doing all this Wild type Cliff of stuff battles Lauren no it was definitely no, this was in Brooklyn this it's, was a different one it's definitely that how many mics one I'm pr- okay. I'm pretty sure but I'll watch it but to see the crowd going from like yeah this is dope to like yo yo like it, <laughs> it, it 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 was a it was a a a, a crowd pleasing performance like a. Because I think people forget, too, that, like, the score wasn't their first album. They had a whole album. They had two decent singles. Mm-hmm. But people, they were also remixes. People were really weren't fucking with their first album. 
and the score it was like they took to Roberta Flax they took the Enya's like all those mm-hmm. all the they really like took a lot of sounds that were influential to them and just made them work and uh I think but I think the fact that they had like a very dope live band was uh the key to that but yeah. And and you have to give them credit because they knew how to work their crowds. 100%. They knew how to work, you know, and not every performer knows how to work the crowd. It's I, I feel like that's one of those things um that can make or break your a career because yeah. you can have the best album of the year, mm-hmm. but when you get on on tour, you got to still if, you're, if your performance to the crowd is just not, ugh, you know, if it's just icky. You know what's sad? There's so many like popular. And I only know because I mainly go to rap shows. If I do go to a show, um, but a lot of them they've made it cool to like have a lackadaisical show that somebody could go out there and like do like the bare minimum, and they're seen as like like that guy Lil Uzi Vert mm-hmm. from Philly. His shows aren't crazy, but he has mm-hmm. a tendency to like. He's da- he da- he's I don't think he's gay, but he's like very flamboyant when he dances. You can tell he's really getting into it. Mm-hmm. You still don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but the fact that he takes the effort to like look like he's enjoying himself during the performance puts him like up here compared to someone that's just going out there and literally rapping over the song that they recorded. And and we've talked about this like with um like with Art All Night. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've had a lot of uh, uh, hip hop artists, you know, coming at us and rock bands and punk rock band, you know, various people coming up and like, well, I've been applying and I can't get on stage or I can't get on the main stage or mm. whatever, whatever. And uh, and I'll just use hip hop artists as an example like um, you know, we've talked about this a cabillion times. You know, they they use black collar biz as, mm-hmm. you know, well you let collar up on stage. How come you don't let me on stage? Well, collar has got you know through networking, he's made friends with all of us. Uh-huh. So that was his in Word. right there. But he's also hitting the stage with a full fucking band, backup vi- singers, he had a, violinist. a violinist. <laughs> like the- Natalie is freaking <laughs> awesome. She's gorgeous. She's amazing. She's talented. You know, you got a, a violinist in an R&B hip hop band yeah. backing you up with singer with background singers. Yeah. It was like 10 of them on stage. Yeah. How are you going to, you know, you can't just like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I- you can't uh. just with the microphone in your hand and just spit into the mic, the a crowd of 10,000 people don't give a fuck about that. 100%. They want to see a performance. Word. You know, so I've told, you know, I don't know how many people over the years, like, you need to come up with a performance mm-hmm. and you need to perfect it before you get to that big stage. Word. So do what you, you know about it now. It's July. Art All Night's not until June. Figure shit out. Hit some open mics. Do your thing. Have some of your friends videotape you so you can start. So you have video to show us what you can do. Word. You just writing, I am a, a, an artist of the spoken word or whatever it is. I, I literally had somebody that said, Jesus. I rap spoken word. Uh, no. That's what the fuck rap is. It's <laughs> like we, we know that, you dipshit. <laughs> that's not how this thing you works. Know. So, um, you know, but yeah, I think a lot of. A lot of it also, though, is your comfort zone. You know, people that can perform are not necessarily comfortable with it all the time. They just know what they got to do. But I, know, I think some, I think most of them are comfortable with it. But a lot of them probably aren't really comfortable with it. But they get in that zone and it's their music and they really love and care for what they do. The thing is, I you I don't think you should have art all night with potentially thousands of people seeing you perform being one of the first times you're on stage. Oh yeah. You don't want to do that. You should be performing for groups, of 20 people. You should be performing for clubs that has nobody. And you should be trying to perform anywhere you can so you can get used to being on stage. I could see, I've never been in front of a crowd this big. That's different than 
this is my third time on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like you yes. have to, you have, if you're, if you're going to take this seriously, you have, you have to do that work. And I've had, I cannot tell you over the years. And I, if, and I only get a smidge of it. I can't even imagine what the rest of the Art of Night crew gets, mm. but how many moms and girlfriends I've had to talk to over the years about why their boyfriend can't be on stage. Mm. And most of it starts with, did he apply? Yeah. Um, well, who do we have to talk to? No. Fill out the application. Word. We can't see you. We can't connect with you. We can't reach out to you if we don't know who you are. 100%. You know, but that's when you see people's egos. I would say. What do you, why do you think the Fujis are not? Like, what, what broke them up? I don't the Inner turmoil. It was... They Who's the third one? There's a third one, Praz? right? Praz. Praz. I can never remember his name. It's, I don't know why. Because he wasn't as talented as Wyclef <laughs> or Lauren. I think, like, real, he had the Ghetto Superstar song, which is known for Maya and ODB. Mm-hmm. I don't know two words he said on that song. I remember Maya singing the chorus. I remember ODB Maya. going crazy on the song. I think... R.I.P. ODB. From what I remember, Wyclef and Lauren... They had some type of relationship. Did they? Yeah. That, I mean, wow. that's, that's been, I don't know if they've spoke. I've, that's been the rumor. But for whatever reason, they, Lauren went to do her solo album. I think she had buku fucking success. And they probably just grew apart, but. And it happens. Lauren was doing her thing. Then she like got with the Marley and, you know, they had a whole ass family. And then she wasn't really doing much music after that. Wyclef. After he put out his solo album, he was working with everybody. To this day, he's still working oh, yeah. with people all the time. Praz was kind of just the other guy. He, I think he's Wyclef's me, cousin or something like that. It reminds me of um, what's the the three of them that's in a. Oh my gosh, I can't think of the group's name now. City City High. No. Another white girl. What's her, what's her? Um, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Uh, that's four. So, that's technically four. It's four. Okay. So uh, what are their names? It's uh, there's Will I Am, mm-hmm. Fergie, Apple D App, and the other guy. I don't know who the yeah, other. Yeah, so that's guy what I'm is. saying. And it kind of reminds me of that because like the two the two you hardly ever. Yeah. Well, I heard. I, th- I th- well again. I think it's one of those things where it's like. Will I Am is a talented person, but at the time when Black Eyed Peas were, because Black Eyed Peas didn't start with her, it was the three guys in a rap. They had that one song, uh, Joints and Jams. I remember that was like '99. I remember, I remember that being a thing when I was going to college. Um, but that was their only hit single. I think Will I Am was talented, but not talented enough to be a solo artist. Um, they might have put out two albums, and then they realize hey that we want i guess they say we want to be mainstream but we don't have that singer and then they pulled in fergie and then like they because th- the sound that they were coming up with they were like dancers yeah it was like really more like they had some good songs it was it was more but it was more like a quote-unquote real hip-hop sound mm-hmm. where once fergie came in it was an obvious shift in terms of like yeah. a bigger pop sound you know putting in dan- electronic elements things like that um but I think, I don't think you could have, like, Black Eyed Peas was still seen as, like, a group. I don't think, it was mostly you could just Will I Am and Fergie. And you could see that because they're the ones that were, yeah, they, they were able to do stuff outside of that. But I, I don't think people bought the group for just them. I think they liked the idea of it being a group of guys who look cool and then this woman who was singing the hooks that they remember. But I don't know. I never got into Black Eyed Peas. They had, I mean, they had some group. songs I liked. What was that song that Jaden loved? Uh, what the fuck? There was a song Jaden loved by Ooh, them. Hold up, um, <laughs> Boom Boom Pow. Boom Boom Pow. Yeah, that was Jaden's jam for a bit. Remember? <laughs> yeah. No, I remember. He. I just like the video they did with Oprah. 
with the flash mob or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like it, that was really cool. I but mean, she, I know people ain't always into Oprah, but <laughs> but she didn't. I think the key was she didn't know that it was gonna happen. Yeah, and, and was, she was like, "What the fuck is going they, on?" <laughs> they su- it was, what they shut down like eight city blocks in Chicago for yeah. a perf- for a concert. And then during the one song, like all the people in the concert just started and to, dancing. And to get a city full of people to come out and, and it was learn co- the steps. It was, I was going to say, because it was like coordinated. Like yep. it broke into sections and people started doing it. And Oprah's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So that was our our top five. Our top five 70s duets. Maybe six. Okay. And, and tangents. And and many tangents. I think we have more tangents than we did in this top is a, five. This is a tangent heavy episode. Yes. But I mean, at some point it was all relevant. So you want to tell people where we're going? Cool. So, so we'll, we'll be out of the country when you're hearing this. We will be laying on the deck. We'll be doing something. We'll see. I'm going to go. I'm planning on laying out on the, on the dock this time. I'm going to take those chairs from the backyard and go put them on the dock. In the sun, mm-hmm. we better get some strong SPF. I'm gonna have you lay on top of me. Um, we're gonna need some strong SPF, <laughs> something, because there is no there is no shade. No, there's no shade on dock. that dock. <laughs> but play some of these songs and think of us, or what? don't think of us. It depending on if you have any physical encounters after listening to these songs. I mean, no, actually, you could think of us. We're hot. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they think of it? You know? It could be worse. Left, right, left. Uh-huh. Hump, I half s- hump. I didn't say Full all hump. I, we, don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't deal with the military around here. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for our 70s duets. Thank we, you for listening. I would assume uh, after this that there could be a string of podcasts recorded in Russell Island. After this episode goes Yay. up. Unless the customs people uh, take all of our equipment. No, I, I got it. The thing is, I got the equipment in last year. It was just in my check bag, but we never used it. I think I forgot that we brought it. It was definitely in the bag. We just, I think we were just, do, we were. We were so relaxed. We, we just didn't do anything. <laughs> we were, but I'm, I'm going to assume we'll, we'll, we'll probably do some stuff with the kids. Um, well, we're going to be, we'll have experiences and excursions with the kids and then. We'll probably talk about a lot of that, just their experiences on the island. Awesome sauce. Um, although I imagine it'll probably be more Jaden than Tika, but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. On that note, we want to thank everybody for listening, including all of our sponsors. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we got no it's been a year away. Got no one fucking sponsor. Okay. Um, on that note, peace. We love you guys. Mwah.